Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. <gasps> what a day. Uh, it was so exciting doing this delayed intro. Was like watching all of you roll in. It was so exciting. And this way you get to hear the actual opening. Cheers. Now all we need is a theme song. The Dale and Emerson Show. Somewhere. There it is. That's it. From now on, That's you it. just have to sing that right at the end. I say real what? gay. And then you sing. The Dale and Emerson Show. Just like that. that. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope on Twitter, hello. Say hi. Uh, please share the broadcast. It's a little button right underneath. You just go hit right there and you hit share and you say, hey, come join me watching these two homosexuals talking about the LGBTQ news and nonsense. That'll bring them in. That'll uh -huh. bring them in. Just say these two homosexuals. Woo! It's flooding in. Flooding in. How are you, Del Shores? I am so well. It's a little chilly here in Los Angeles. Uh for us, and I love it because I get to break out some sweaters. And I'll see you have a nice sweater on. I know, but can I tell you that? Oh, it got to like sixty degrees, and I put on a sweater. And I, right before, while the intro was playing, I had to turn on the air conditioning because I'm already sweating in my sweater. It, that, that I do that every morning because you know I get up with the chickens, and uh, I I walk. It's like fifty, and then I, I dress accordingly, and then I go out later, and I go. Oh my God! It's seventy-two already. So yeah. Anyway, you know we we, we uh, it's our torture here in Los Angeles. But I got out my fe a festive fur green sweater, and so y'all, if I start to get a little Whitney lip, you just know that it's some sacrificing for the mood. Just take it off; it'll look like your Instagram. But yeah, uh, but I mean that 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 that's, that hadn't seemed to help. Uh, well. Uh, well, it's it's a good day, Emerson Collins. We've had some good things in our lives. And then right before we went on the air, that Supreme Court, they just said, no, no, mm -mm, no, not going to do it. Not going to hear this bullshit. Ken Paxton. Which is like, which is great and, and was assumed because they've been shutting everything else down too. But like, I'm trying not to live in the darkness and I try to see the best in people and I try to... I'm a I'm a bring people together sort of person. Ken Paxton, as a Texan, is one of the most garbage garbage people in American culture at the moment. But the yeah. seven other states and attorney generals and the 120 or more House Republicans who also said, yes, we should do this. This isn't about Trump anymore. This is about people willing to do anything and everything to hang on to power to cater to the ego of this man who refuses to accept reality. And it's these other Republicans that we should be looking at that are, it, that's far more dangerous, right? Because I think they, I, I think that is valid. And I think that a lot of them just shot themselves in the foot like I did that one Christmas. I think I that think they- is the problem. You don't? No, you don't where, think where people are going to remember this bullshit when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know running. I mean, it's such a great. This was I one of the ones. 
a whole bunch of Republicans yeah. just got reelected. A whole bunch of Senate seats we thought we were going to get because people are reasonable, because people think, you know, regardless of party, that there are things we just should not accept in American politics and culture. And we sure as shit lost every one of those races just about. Well, so, not no, everyone. But, but, but we're close. We're close. If we can grab Georgia. And I have to say something about Georgia. I am so proud of the, re I mean, you know, as proud as I can be of any Republican, but at least the Republicans there have some integrity. They're standing up for what their state did. And they're saying, no, no, sir. No, sir. That's not who we are. This was valid. This was, this was real. There's no cheating here. Go fuck yourself. They didn't say it like that. That's the way I would say it, but that's, you know. But it's like somebody sent me a message, person I enjoyed chatting and debating with and said, you know, but also consider that almost a hundred Republican members of the house didn't sign on to this. And I was like, we are not setting the bar at they did nothing. No, like, that's not a win. If you are not calling okay. out the fundamental attacks on democracy and the idea that a state can sue another state because they don't like the results that came in over there, all these people talking about the government should stay out of business, small government, libertarian philosophy, but right. well, democracy, you in danger, girl. Well, what what is, what is really uh, pathetic about it is that there are so many out there. And if you just watch any of these interviews, it's quite scary how, you know, oh, hey, kick, hey, kick. They're all Southern, by the way. Hey, he kicked Biden's ass. And you'll see this, we'll overturn this. They're still believing it. It's like there are people out there that he's, they have, they have, not only did they drink the Kool-Aid, but they are giving him money to, to survive. I mean, well, you know, you know, come on. Also, they're pouring the Kool-Aid and then drinking it and saying, look at how many people are drinking Kool-Aid. It's like Ted Cruz and people saying, look at how many people don't believe the results of the election are valid. It's because you kept telling them the results of the election aren't valid. It's this self-fulfilling prophecy. You put out and say, we can't trust this. And then people say, we can't trust this. And then you say, well, we have to go to the Supreme Court because people say they don't trust this. I mean, yeah. Lord. I don't want to fall too far down and we don't do like general uh yes they don't have integrity down here they're supporting the results oh there you go thank you for that anyway oh, wait. rob said i bet both my senators signed jig said republicans are not going to be punished for this the american electorate has horribly short memories i mean in fairness i do as well we're going to talk a little later about some of our favorite christmas movies and i was trying to remember all the ones i watched this week and i couldn't remember what i watched last night well, I remember. Thank you very much. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me an emotional keep on the floor for a couple of hours. You're welcome. I just like to be supportive. I figure if we're all going to be miserable, we're going to be miserable together. Oh, you want to do this little commercial we have up top? I do. I, you know, I love the new conservatory theater and they started my journey with getting back to the to theater and with this side of crazy and they're in San Francisco that we did the premiere in 2009 of this side of crazy and they are putting up a mighty queer virtual variety show for the holidays starting Monday and that's uh, 12 13 running through January the 3rd they call it a sparkling showcase of LGBTQ artists as they light up the NCTC virtual stage featuring Fabulous drag performances, soul-stirring live music, a gravity-defying aerialist, and much more. This variety show is the queerest thing you'll see this winter. For tickets and information, go to nctcsf.org. Right there on your screen, 
I don't know if it's going to be the queerest thing because you know we're still on the air, folks. <laughs> oh no, we are we, we are middle of the road at this point. We are, are we, we are over here. That we're limping along on the gay. I mean, um, we're practically conservative. It's, oh, we are not cisgender homosexuals. We are not at the far end of the queerest of art forms. But y'all, seriously, check it out uh, at theirs. But also look at your local theater. Check out your local theaters and see what they are doing. Lots of people are coming up with creative holiday shows, streaming things, and anything you can do uh, to support your theater, to check into their live streams, their virtual content. I was talking to Tim Long at a Circle Theater in Fort Worth yesterday and saying they chopped up videos and put them on their Facebook page. So if there's a theater you normally attend live, make the effort to go to their page and see what they are doing virtually for the holidays. Yeah. We, we, we've supported a lot of theaters this year because they have supported us over the years and it is our pleasure and we know that we're going to get back in it. We're going to get back in it. Give yeah. me that scene, y'all. Kevin said the Overton window has definitely shifted if you're now conservative. Of course we're not. I was just being silly. He's it's very silly. Um, uh, but what we do do here on the Della Emerson Show is the LGBTQ news and nonsense, and we're going to get on into that. Some actual news, because as this lame duck uh, bullshitter is limping his way out of the White House, the Department of Labor under this administration issued a final rule this week that allows federal contractors increased rights to discriminate if they claim that their business's religious beliefs, y'all know how I feel about sincerely held religious beliefs, would be violated by following anti-discrimination laws. They've been working on this rule for almost two years and the new rule affects, effectively takes job protections away from four million American workers. The history of this, real quick, Lyndon Johnson actually signed the first executive order creating protections for federal contractor employees and protections on the basis of orientation and gender identity were added later. Bush, uh, the W one, created a religious exemption to that executive order to allow religious nonprofits to claim a religious exemption. Well, Trump's new rule expands allowing for-profit businesses to also claim a religious ex exemption. Now, in order to qualify, they have to show evidence of a religious purpose on their website, ads, letterheads, or other public-facing materials, or affirm a religious purpose. Effectively, now, any business that wants to discriminate will simply need to say that its religious beliefs require it to discriminate in order to get out of a lawsuit or avoid losing a federal contract. Doesn't affect all companies, right? Federal contractors. And they reference Hobby Lobby and that Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, which are both for-profit businesses claiming their religious beliefs were violated by being forced to follow the law. So even in its final moments, the Trump administration working really hard to just let bigots be bigots and pretend that it's because of like, you know, you, what you believe about that man in the sky or that unicorn in the field or whatever. And it, it, you know what bothers me about this, Emerson, uh, this and so many other things about this administration is how many people who claim to be my friends or and, and voted Republican or claim to be uh, saying that that he's always so gay, he's the best president for the gays or whatever the fuck they want to continue to say. Just these kinds of things that they just keep slipping in, keep slipping in. And you go to HRC, you will see all that was done. They have a whole page that uh, with Mike Pence as well. All of the things this administration has done, just go to their platform and you wonder why so many of your, your gay friends are so adamant about being Democrats and voting for another 
another side of the aisle. It's because we are tired. We are tired of you voting against our rights. You're, we are tired of you voting for people who continue to take our rights away. So that is why. So if you're listening and you say, oh, I'm, your, I'm a Republican and my son is Republican and he may, oh, what the fuck ever? You voted against us. That's what you did. Okay. Um, and and because I love that. I love that spirit. I feel like at Christmas time, it's appropriate to preach all kinds of sermons. And the other reminder is, right, as white gay cis men that we joked about earlier, less policy has impacted us in the last four years. That's true. <laughs> but as a community, as allies standing with people, the attracts the attacks on the trans community and healthcare and schools and bathrooms have just sort of been continuous and relentless. And if you only fight until you get your equality, you're not fighting for equality. You're fighting for your personal narcissistic interests. And we're going to keep That's showing up for everybody else. That's exactly right. Uh, so now, now we 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 have spent a lot of time in Winston Salem. Emerson and I have been there many times with the film festival and uh, Theater Alliance uh, does my plays there, and we love this city. And we've got some celebratory news. It was submitted by a fan of the show, Judy Holcomb Pack. Uh, newly elected Winston-Salem City Council member Kevin Moody Monday was sworn in recently, and he can see, be seen here at the ceremony with his husband holding his family Bible that belonged to Monday's maternal grandmother. The photo was on the front page of the Winston-Salem Journal. And that is some progress in a red state. So, yeah. I love that so much. And I love that it's his grandmother's Bible. I do too. You know, just- Meemaw, it's Meemaw's Bible. And just putting um, it on the front page. You know, it's we gotta remember for all our frustrations and things, man, we have made strides in, in lots of ways and, you know, uh, celebrating those. And I bet he's gonna do real great on behalf of the Winston-Salem community. Absolutely. There's a wonderful Every LGBTQ community there, a beautiful yeah. one. Oh wait, shut up. Danielle said, neighbor to my hometown and home of Krispy Kreme donuts. There you go. Yes. I didn't know Krispy Kreme was from Winston-Salem. That's funny. Yes, 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 I knew that. I knew Look that. At you. Also oh. a bunch of cigarettes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Winston, oh, yeah. Winston-Salem. <laughs> yes, well, the first time we went, oh, I think it's Charlotte's that way too. We're like We've spent a lot of time in North Carolina with our stuff. It is one of our big strongholds. They've got all those big old old red brick tobacco factories. They've turned into other things. Yes. All right, rolling on. Okay, I told y'all that story that I loved so much about that Hungarian bigot that we talked about on Tuesday and his attempted escape from that gay orgy in Brussels where he climbed down the drain pipe and then uh, got arrested. <laughs> uh, well, he has become a meme for Hungarian liberals and I just enjoy that so much. And here's a couple of photos that go with this. Now, if you look uh, right there on the left, that is where uh, the party was. It was upstairs in this apartment up here. And see this drain pipe? That's the one he tried to come down. And so some pranksters put a plaque on that drain pipe. And it says, the political career of Joseph Sager, MEP, and the EPP ended here when he tried to flee the authorities using this drain pipe after attending an illegal ecstasy-fueled orgy amid the COVID-19 pandemic on Friday, November 27th, 2020. 
somebody put up a plaque in honor of the end of his career. And that makes me happy. Oh, it makes me happy too. I love this story so much. I just, there's something very funny about the word drain pot too. I mean, it is true. Also, it just sounds sort of sexual anyway. It sounds like what you're planning to do, right? I'm going to drain pot. It or you like want, action. well, better, like you want to drain my pot? But How's also, they just, people just say, what do you do? Well, I drain pot. I drain pot. Well, um, and then that far right photo, so it's gone even further. A Hungarian liberal MP took the joke further and he carried a drain pipe into the country's parliament and tore into the bigoted ruling party saying, for 10 years, government parties have been destroying and scattering the country on the grounds of Christian morality and conservative values. They steal, cheat, lie, and spend the stolen money on drugs, whores, orgies, luxury yachts, and some crazy luxury. You say family first. Nice slogan, but you forget to mention that when the family is not there, you're participating in orgies or visiting prostitutes. God, country, family, right? Don't mess around. You're the government of public money, cocaine, and hookers. That's your reality. Wielding that drain pipe, he said, look in the mirror, and if you are horrified at what you see and want to escape, I brought you something familiar. Oh, man, that is so great. He was, he was not messing around. Yes. Um, and now, look, to be clear, no judgment on living your life however you want. You do your drugs, have your hookers, have your prostitutes, your luxury yachts, as long as you're not standing around judging other people by your conservative. Yeah, or them. making laws against them. Um, yes. And well, in um, in lesbian news, we have Mary Walsh and Beverly Nance, who have been together for 40 years, married for 10, and they were preparing to move into a uh, St. Louis a retirement community uh, in uh, called the Friendship Village Senior Living Community. They visited multiple times, paid the $2,000 deposit, and then they received a letter that said, your request to share a single unit does not fall within the categories permitted by the longstanding policy of Friendship Village Sunset Hills. Friendship uh, Village website says it is a not-for-profit organization guided by biblical values. The two women living together would violate friendship uh, villages cohabitation policy that defines marriage as the union of one man and one woman as marriage is understood in the Bible. Uh, the women chose Friendship Village because they offered care options that weren't available elsewhere without substantial extra cost. They're suing, they, well, they sued. They sued the housing for housing discrimination, but they lost in 2019. But the frustrating part in the, is the court found that the center had discriminated against them, but that it wasn't illegal. So I'm gonna say that again. The court found that the center had discriminated against them, but that it was not illegal. After the Bostock uh, Supreme Court decision, their case was reinstated and they have reached an undisclosed settlement amount. Walsh said this has been a harrowing experience and one that I hope no other same-sex couple has to face. Bev and I are relieved that this case is now behind us and that we have closure after our lives were thrown into chaos. So good for them that there was some reprieve and um, they were able to get some money. I know, but you know, it's uh, like, look at them. Can you imagine not wanting these to be your neighbors? I know, I just wanted, I want I'm, them to be my neighbors right now. I mean, just the most delightful looking ladies. And th that the, so many pieces of that, right? That they found they were discriminated against, but because it's not illegal to discriminate in that way at that time, it didn't matter. They're like, right. you get, they get to do that. They get to say, no, we don't want y'all here. And the big important piece is why in there, 
this particular home had services that they needed at a price that they could afford. They were more expensive other places. So this isn't a situation of like, well, just go to another retirement home that is just happy to have two wonderful lesbians in their midst. This specific discrimination was going to affect them financially. This isn't like buying your wedding cake at a different place. Bob said bumping pussies is a violation of retirement home regulations. They just <laughs> worded they worded a little differently. Right. Uh, I feel like that's probably not the way Bev uh, uh, explains. At the Friendship Village. <laughs> but, and it goes back to that Bostock decision being so important. We continue to yeah. see the impact of them deciding that Title VII covers discrimination, under sex discrimination for orientation and gender identity. We will continue winning cases based on that decision. Oh, wait, I love that. Look at Joe said. Michael and I have been married 24 years, living in West Hollywood at the Actors Fund Complex. We are treated very well. Oh, I love that. And there are so many organizations. I mean, the Actors Fund does does incredible work, doing lots of incredible work right now in the pandemic uh, for people in our industry. Uh, I just gave to the Actors Fund. I gave to the Actors Fund this week because I like to uh, I like I to give to things that touch my. Do you hear this distortion? Is it me? Or no, is it just in my I, ears? Well, I, I like to give things to things that touch my heart, but also years and years ago, the Actors Fund paid my rent when I was a broke actor. And uh, I will eternally be grateful. I love that. And I love that story. And I like, you know, and a reminder as we've got all this nonsense happening, it's great that there are organizations that take care of these things, that fill in the cracks, that support people. But like, that's why we pay taxes. It is what the government should be doing. Yes. Just saying. Anyway, moving around along, because I fall down that rabbit hole and I will lose my. Yeah, well, then I'll start talking about medicine and Matt's prescription this week. I mean, oh, we wait. can go way. Is the distortion, hey, y'all, is the distortion on my side? Is it me? That's, that's what I'm hearing. Hold on. I, you you say hi. Hello, everybody. Am I distorted or is Emerson Collins distorted? I He's not distorted anymore for me. It was just for a temporary. Hello? Did we lose? Oh, oh, I see what he's doing. He's going to come back in. Oh, look. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. I think All so. Right. This next nonsense, this is a little deep. I tried to summarize it pretty well, but it speaks to one of the problems actually we were talking about earlier about people feeling a conspiracy thing exists, getting it confirmed by a news source, and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The New York Times this week did a deep dive on a Twitter grifter investigated and written by Jack Negus. He found that a bisexual Trump supporter, Josh Hall, is behind a number of fake Twitter accounts posing as conservative figures, Democratic figures, and Trump family members. Using these fake accounts, he spread QAnon misinformation and other absurd lies like claiming Biden and Fauci are pedophiles, Michelle Obama's a man, and Romney has a gay sex tape. Like y'all, the kind of conspiracy theories that nobody should believe because they they are absurd on their face, but you get in a silo of news and information and confirmation bias, and you just believe anything they say. Well, when he was confronted by Nikas doing the story, he basically admitted everything, saying, there was no nefarious intention. I was just trying to rally up MAGA supporters and have fun. Backstory. At 17, four years ago in 2016, he decided Trump said off the wall things, but he agreed with what he was saying. He came out as bisexual and has been accused of harassment by a radical leftist, in his words, ex-partner. 
Earlier this year, he was working for DoorDash and self-published a how-to book with 38 essential rules to live life in order to be happy and successful. It did not sell well for some reason. Well, when his original Twitter account was suspended, he started doing parodies of other people to make money. He started with Rod Blagojevich, the disgraced uh, governor of Illinois, then did Dr. Deborah Burks, then moved on to Robert Trump, Donald's now late brother, pushing conspiracy theories on everything from JFK Jr. to the vaccine and virus. And he was getting tons of followers by doing it. Then he came back as himself as the bi Trump gay and tweeted support of his own account from the Robert Trump account that he was running, follow? And he started a GoFundMe for an organization called Gay Voices for Trump, supposedly for field organizing events and merchandise for LGBTQ Trump supporters. He sent DMs to conservatives and asked for financial support, raising more than $7,000 from fake Twitter accounts. Told the New York Times the organization never formally existed and denied pocketing the money, but GoFundMe does say he cashed it out. Now, after Robert Trump died, he moved on and did Kamala Harris's father, then to Elizabeth Trump Grau, Trump's sister. Now, she's not spoken publicly in five years, but pretending to be her, he claimed, this election inspired me to break my silence, supporting Donald's allegation that election fraud had deprived him of victory. Under 24 hours, he had 20,000 followers, and on November 20th, the President of the United States tweeted, thank you, Elizabeth, sharing an article about his tweet as fake Elizabeth Trump growled. The President retweeted an article about this parody account thinking it was real. This is how we end up with people on the internet who don't know the difference between facts and opinions and fake news sources and invented news sources and confirmation bias news sources and how we get to the point where a rando person with 20,000 Twitter followers opinion is considered as valid as someone who is an expert on a subject for like 40 years, you know, like Dr. Fauci. So like I included the story because he's bi and this was just one example of lots and lots of grifters taking advantage of either stupid people or bigoted people or people's fear. It's oh, crazy. It's but what's, what, one thing that's really kind of crazy about that story is that Donald Trump retweeted that and he, he didn't have the good sense to just call his sister up and say, is this you? Or to know his sister well enough to know that that was not her. I mean, that's oh. kind of absurd. Oh, absolutely. It's so clear that they probably haven't chatted in those five years that he's been silent. And it, it was like, oh, there's an article about my sister tweeting something about me. And uh, great. She, she said, I, this is fraud. And I agree with her. Love you, sis. I wonder if any of those sisters going to write about him after it's all done and said. Oh, I'm sure um, Mary Trump's got more to say. Oh, she's got a new book. She's got a new book in the works. I know, but I got to the point where I was like, I loved those early interviews and the, her perspective on history, but then she kept being on news shows like she was a talking ahead, and I was like, she is not talking to him every day. Why is why is she, why is she still on the shows? Because her name's Trump. I know, but yeah. like, but that's part of our problem, right? We've turned everyone into a pundit. Like anybody with a Twitter account or a Facebook account is suddenly a pundit, and like their experience, knowledge, and opinion are just as valid as people who I don't know studied and did it for a living. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's like the general. I'm just saying, y'all, I should not be on television just saying random things about like the entire history of American politics because my knowledge is spotty at this. Yes, there you go. <laughs> but, but see what some people said. 
Uh, John said, I got, I have 30,000 and crazy people treat that like it means something, but it doesn't. Like y'all, hold on, who said it? Matthew, a self-help peddling DoorDash driver, good Lord. I mean, in fairness, y'all, I was a Lyft driver for seven months and y'all are all here watching what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, right after you produced a movie. <laughs> I, I, I haven't ever even told that story on the show. Probably not, because you know, while I was driving for Lyft, I didn't really tell anybody. Not out of like shame, shame, but maybe a little. Um, but yeah, after we spent, after that year, Dell and I spent traveling to 50 cities, opening a very sort of wedding in all those movie theaters. Well, we forgot to pay ourselves enough. And I was like, oh, I'm out of money and I'm all, I gotta go drive my car 50 hours a week, driving strangers around Los Angeles. It was very um, informative experience. I, I predict you're never gonna have to do that again, Emerson. I mean, honestly, but the problem, is in this pandemic, I was like, well, I can't do it now because you can't let randos get in your car. I mean, honestly, the people that are doing all that work, the people that are doing Instacart and DoorDash and bringing the food to your door, I hope everyone is tipping those people way more than the regular 20 I do. For risk of their health. They wouldn't be doing it if they didn't absolutely need to be working. So please remember that in dealing with service people in every capacity in our culture right now. I do. I tip, I know, I tip, tip no less than 30% across the board. So, uh, Rob said, tell the story. Wait, I'll tell it real quick. Cause look at us, we're doing so good on time today. The, okay, so driving and Lyft, I'd been doing it for several months and people would get in the car. And if people wanted to chat, I just really told them what I really do and things. And it was always amusing. One morning I picked a man up at LAX airport to drive him an hour south to some business meeting for the day. And we're chatting, what do you do? Well, I produce independent film. Oh really? Anything I would have seen? Probably not, but I did this movie last year called A Very Sort of Wedding. It has these people in it whose names you've heard of. That always made people feel like, oh, you really do this, as opposed to like you're a delusional crazy person right. driving a car. Um, and he, I was telling him about it and he said, wait a minute. I just watched that on my airplane. <laughs> Love this time story. That year we were on Delta and American Airlines flights and he said, I saw the log line for your movie and thought it sounded so good and I just watched it. And I said, that serial killer with all the tattoos and the shaved head, that was me. And he said, that's amazing. And we laughed and then I was like, well, if you want to sit quietly, I'll finish this 40 minute draft. So. Uh, <laughs> did he tip you well? I don't. I honestly don't remember. People really were lovely, but and kidding. To do what we do, uh, we do anything and everything to make the work possible. Um. Oh, which speaking of, oh, look at this transition. Uh, we have reached the halfway point of our show, and we do do lots of different things to be the creative persons creating the work that we want to create to share with all of you. And in the pandemic, doing this show has been wonderful for us to have an outlet yeah. and work hard to make it informative and entertaining. So if you want to send us a tip. You are welcome to do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker. No obligation. But if you're sitting on some extra money and don't know what to do with it, we will certainly take a little bit or a lot of it off your hand. It's Christmas time. Yeah, time to gift. Um, That's right. And while y'all send us your tips, uh, a huge thank you to Michael Shane, Erica Kopich, and Jonathan Pinkerton, who already have today. We're going to have a little discussion time, because you've been watching some Christmas movies this week, Del Shores. I have, and all of them, except for one, you recommended to me. So you, I said I need to watch a great classic. You told me to watch White Christmas. Thank you. I loved it. It was heartwarming well, and beautiful. and. 
Everybody tell us what your favorite Christmas movie is while Dale chats for a minute. White Christmas is one of my absolute favorites. It, yeah, it's really good. And then I um, and then I watched Miracle on 34th Street, the original with the original. a little tiny Natalie Wood was so cute, and it was such it was such a great little movie, a, a great little movie. It's like listed if you look greatest Christmas movies, it's always like in the top five. And then I watched, per your suggestion last night, uh, the Stone Family. The Family and, Stone. I mean, the Family Stone. <laughs> I always think Sly and the Family Stone. And I bawled. It was just, I was not expecting it. I told you I wanted uplifting fun. And here I am. I mean, you know, I wasn't, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. I mean, it did come out in 95, I Yo, think. It came out in 2006. Spoiler alert. Oh, is that when it came out in 2000? But it had a great, a, a great gay subplot that was so beautifully done. I just thought it was so well done. And the performances, come on. Diane Keaton is a goddess. Craig T. Nelson was fantastic. Rachel Maddow. It was great. I just loved it. And then I watched Mariah and her breast uh, on her oh, I'm so Christmas. glad you, get, you finally got to experience that as well. I will say, Family Stone, I was texting with our friend Levi because he and I saw that movie together in January after Christmas that year, because we went to see the movie Hostel and walked out in the first 20 minutes and we're like, no, this is not for us. And the Family Stone was still playing. And so we went to see that instead. Did he cry? I want to know if he cried. I'm sure he did. I did. I mean, was you, the, the breakdown for that movie clearly said every actor will need to cry. Uh, so be prepared. I know. I love that you 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 sent me that text. I said, but I that that scene. It's like you know, it, it, it built, it built. But I wasn't expecting that kitchen scene, Emerson, with Everett and the mother. And I, because oh, it just knocked me off my chair, right off the sofa into the floor. Yes. Well, and I love it. But also, so we've been doing uh, White Christmas. Danny Kay in White Christmas and Donald O'Connor in Singing in the Rain growing up were my like performer inspirations, like musical, like that's the kind of musical theater performer I would hope to be one day. Um, and so, but we've been doing, cause y'all, I'm a late night person. So every night we, Blake and I rehearse our show, uh, tickets on sale, December the 20th. Um, and then there's like a lot of evening left. So we've been watching like one good movie and then one like terrible movie that's also Fun. So we're watching watch like Family Stone one night and The Holiday another night. But then afterwards this week, we watched all three of the A Christmas Prince movies on Netflix. We are falling deep into those like, oh, she's just a blogger from New York City and she met a prince. And what's she going to do? Move to his kingdom and marry him? Who knows? Oh, my. I have not oh, gone that I'm just trying to catch up on the classics. I want to watch. I, I love Holly Hunter. So. Um, uh, I, and what, what was the one you just said? Uh, the, the um, the holiday. I loved that movie when it came out. So I, I may have to revisit that one. It, it, it won't make me cry. I can't remember. No, right? I mean, you might like a few happy tears cause it's sweet. It's not a tragedy. Well, I agree, John Martin. I'm saving that to Christmas day. I'm going to watch that on Christmas day. Lots of uh, white Christmas. Oh, I will tell you. Um, that on our show in uh, on my birthday, Blake and I are doing a number from White Christmas, but it is not the number that you would expect, or maybe it is you, actually. Oh, are you? You're doing. You're doing. Wait, I, I wait, can wait, see wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. No, don't. No, I, can, I can't guess. guess. Uh uh 
But I will say I am not singing Count Your Blessings instead of Jesus. That's what I was going to guess because I know how grateful you are to so much. <laughs> True. Uh, um, but, and thank you. Lots of you have bought tickets already um, to the, and uh, next week I'll probably sing on the show as an ad for it. Um, oh, good. But if you more. Uh, Rob's is Elf. I'm watching that on Christmas as well. My daughter Rebecca's coming over. We're having a Christmas Day marathon of movies. Christmas in Connecticut, the original. I love a Christmas story. That's another great one. Home for the holiday. I don't oh. know that one. Oh. That's that's the one you just talked about. Hold on. I oh, Home it. for the Holiday starring uh, Hunter, directed by Foster. Okay. I lost. Uh, Bad Santa and Christmas Vacation are good for fun. I've seen Christmas Vacation this season again. Christmas Vacation and Scrooge with Bill Murray. So I don't know, y'all. It's just anything that's necessary. It's a lot. It's a lot of them. Yes, Doug. The number involves feathers. Oh, he guessed it. Except we don't uh, actually have feathers because, you know, that's a lot. I may have some in the garage. Uh, all right. Shall we right. travel on? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, well, who doesn't like a good RuPaul? Oh, wait, and hold on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, before, y'all, this weekend also, the other two gay holiday movies we talked about, the Lifetime movie with the two gays that are married to each other in real life, the Christmas setup is Saturday night. And then Dashing in December, the more like broke backy one, is Sunday night on Pop, Logo, TV Land, and Paramount. So watch one or both. I'll watch both and we can chat about those on Tuesday. It's, I think that it's like the broke backward without the uh, anal sex scene. With, yes, without that, the unlubed spit and shove, correct. Yeah, it's, it's not that. All right, so RuPaul on Monday in a new interview uh, between RuPaul and Dolly for uh, Marie Claire was released. It uncovered, uh, I mean, it covered everything from wigs to heels to Molly, Miley Cyrus. They were take, uh, talking breakfast when Dolly... Uh, had just made some breakfast for her husband, Carl, right before the chat. And Rue asked Dolly if she had been wearing her high heels in the kitchen that day. And Dolly said, I always wear my high heels, don't you? Rue said, no, that's the thing. There are similarities in what we do, but I take all that stuff off. And Dolly replied, well, I don't. I have to always stay ready, street ready. I always say I have to keep my makeup up and on and my keep my hair done. Like when I'm in LA, I've told you about it. If it's gonna uh, to earthquake, like if it's going to earthquake, it's earthquake huh? if it's going to earthquake, if we get an earthquake, I'm not running out in the street looking like you right now. Of course, it was meant playfully, and they've been friends for a long time. They met in the two, early 2000s at a radio station uh, where Michelle Visage was a presenter. Dolly said to Rue, I thought he was big and beautiful. We're just like twins, except he's four foot taller. Uh, the love and respect goes both ways. In that same interview, Rue said, drag says, I don't take myself too seriously. In fact, image is something to have fun with and to play with. And that's what her image does. I love that. I want to say that again, that line that she just read RuPaul for filth. I mean, that is shade. It is the kind of shade that you give to a friend you love when she said, I am not running out in the street looking like you now. Now, that's hilarious on so many levels because, y'all, RuPaul does not get in drag for anything. RuPaul did not get in drag to go to the Met Gala. RuPaul gets in drag to sit on that panel on Drag Race, and that is it. Like, I, I have, I have, I have done it. I have done my time. Absolutely. Where so, 
at this point, Dolly's drag just is the real life. It's not drag. You know, you know, Emerson, you know that I know I, I met RuPaul and because of Dolly Parton. Yes. Because he could not get tickets to her show. He said on his blog, I got a Google alert about it. He said, I want I I had to take my antidepressant, a movie called Sorted Lives. And I just wrote him and he we started talking and he came to see my show, Southern Baptist Sissies. We started going to parties together and now we've kind of lost touch, but I, I love him and I'm so happy for all of the success. And I am personally excited because they just announced this week that Drag yes. Race season 13 returns on New Year's Day. Y'all, I can't think of a better way to kick off 2021. You know that drag queens are my Disneyland. It reminds me of being a scared, closeted Southern Baptist boy driving up to Dallas secretly to see the amateur drag nights 18 and up at the Rose Room. And they put out the new Meet the Queens video and I put the Meet the Queens on YouTube on my television to watch it like a TV show. There are queens from New York, LA, Chicago, Atlanta, Phoenix, Minnesota, and more. We have the first ever drag mother and drag daughter pair to compete on the same season. And in really exciting news, the first contestant on a regular season to enter, start the show as an out trans person and the first trans masculine person all competing again for $100,000. And this season filmed under COVID-19 quarantines and restrictions. So we shall see how that affected the drag race as it returns on Fridays in January 1st. And I can't wait. I can't wait either. You got me, you got me up to be a fan. I. Do not miss it at all. Oh, I mean, you know, now there's so much drag race around the world. I can basically watch a drag race show once a week, every week. We did uh, Holland. We got UK coming back for another season. Hopefully Canada comes back for another season. Uh, I could I could just live in drag race land. I, that just reminds me, I, I have one more to go on that uh, Vegas, uh, the, the residency one. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, you got to get that last one where the show fell apart because it's, they clearly meant that show to be longer than six episodes. And then the right. pandemic hit and they were like, just kidding, go home, bye. Bye. So, all right. So a frustrating story out of Wyoming, uh, Michelle Fitzpatrick's family made a, a specific decision to fly the rainbow flag on their front porch among their holiday lights and decorations. Her daughter, daughter Maggie inspired the decision after witnessing intolerance at her high school, despite the community's general acceptance of LGBTQ people. They wanted to send a little message to their neighbors and community, but then someone stole the flag and then burn it in the street a couple of blocks away. She said, it's an act of violence, it's a threat, it's a real sense of violation to have someone come onto your property. Several of her friends have reached out afterwards at, of, after a word of the incident spread and she said they were speechless. They, were, they never thought uh, this was kind of thing would have happened, especially in Wyoming as it is well, a thought to be a very accepting community. Hmm. That I know, disappointing, but also amazing that this daughter said, we're gonna include that as part of our Christmas display, which makes sense. Lots of lights are rainbow colored. Christmas is already halfway to a pride parade anyway. I have several uh, pride uh, ornaments on my tree. Also in the great Christmas tree light debate, y'all, are you a white lights on the tree person or a colored lights on the tree person? I am a white lights in, on the tree and then outside all colored lights. And, and then see, I have this, I wonder if yes. I can turn my, 
my computer around. I can show y'all. Uh, well, maybe. Not, You're scared I'll come on. on the, I'm a colored lights on the tree person and a white lights on the house person. Oh, we're just the opposite. I okay, know it. See. There we go. And I have a little cactus that has colored lights on it. But there's my tree, if you can kind of see it. There we Look go. Uh, no, at our house, it was a big debate because Blake has always been a white lights on the tree person. And in the first couple of years of our relationship, we alternated. We did white lights one year, colored lights the next year. But I finally just won the battle, and now it's just colored all the time. I don't mind colored lights. I like I like it all. It's it's all good. I love blue as well. There is a truck outside my house. I'm sure y'all are hearing that. The um. Oh, okay. I have another one. You know, that drain pipe story, there was lots of homophobic uh, people getting caught in indelicate situations. And this is a very fun uh, story. And this one out of Lithuania. Now I'm going to show you what happened. Oh, nope. Like this. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is Petros Grazoulis is known for his virulent anti-LGBT rhetoric. In 2010, he proposed a law to fine anyone who promoted homosexuality among minors. In 2012, proposed that all gay people should just leave the country, just get out of Lithuania. Well, recently, he was experiencing technical difficulties with Zoom on a conference call of Lithuania's Parliament Culture Committee. Now, the video was on, and he was joined by a topless man on screen. Okay, this is him. This is the Zoom, right? This is what it looks like down here. Is was his tiny little screen where he was working on what he thought were video issues. And this is that blown up. This shirtless or naked man just randomly appeared in the Zoom. Well, he shut it off real fast. And then moments later, he came back and the man was gone. He did not mention it at all. Okay, so there's what happened. Now, that's hilarious on its own. This is great. Afterwards is just bonkers. People wanted to know who he was, obviously, and Grazulis reacted angrily. First, he claimed it was his son standing nearby. But then a half an hour later, he changed the story completely and said, no, just kidding, that wasn't my son. I thought it was, but it wasn't. It was Andreas Tapinas, a Lithuanian journalist who had been persecuting him for months. Y'all, his actual quote, translated, of course. Yes, I said that it was my son, but looking at the video better, I can guarantee that Andreas Tapinas is there. He's haunting me everywhere. It's no wonder that he got here. Like he just sold people the story that this journalist that's irritating him randomly appeared naked in his house and or superimposed himself in the Zoom to make him look bad. When it was pointed out that the man looked nothing like this. I am so sorry. Ladies. Girls, I want to roar. Do no, not make me come over there. Get over here. Now, when people pointed out this guy looked nothing like this particular journalist, he said, well, he could just change his appearance. By the time he appeared in Parliament the next day, he was glued to the stalking reporter somehow getting into the Zoom, and he accused the journalist for following him around and haunting him for half a year. Y'all, he just went with, this journalist has been bothering me, and somehow he appeared shirtless in my Zoom to make me look bad. Was he in his office? That's what I couldn't understand. It's shirtless in no, his in office. His in his home. So, but let's be honest. It is no less ludicrous than Ken Paxton's lawsuit. 
that we I just... Mean, yes, it is. It's, no, yes, it is. There is no, like, actual person. Like, his, they're delusional. Kim Paxson is a grifter and a liar and a bigot. This man let us all watch a video and then just tried to say, no, no, no. It wasn't what you think you saw. Like, Gaslighting. Say Let's you gaslight you. There's just better lies than like blaming it on some journalist that you don't like. Yes, as John said, so he is being haunted by a hot journalist. I know because <laughs> the man was certainly attractive. So, I mean, I know if it, if you know, if COVID wasn't happening, I would welcome some haunted. I'd, I'd like to be haunted by a shirtless hot journalist. I also loved how relatable it was that this like take the bigot away, right? That this man has his much, his very attractive, obviously younger, theoretically alleged lover helping him with the technology. I was like, that's so relatable if you just come out. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, well, a bisexual man has been ordered to pay damages to his ex-wife for uh, the supposed crime of hiding his sexuality. Spanish attorney Javier Villato was uh, accused of concealing his homosexuality from his ex-wife, from whom he uh, amicably, be, uh, amicably uh, parted in 2009. They were married for three years, but had been in a relationship from ages uh, 16 to 34. That's a long time. Villata said, when I got married, I was heterosexual. I want this to be a very clear and how I felt. As a result of my divorce, I had doubts about my personality. And with a therapist, I discovered that I was bisexual. And this is uh, what I told my wife in 2016. Then a decade, one full decade after the divorce in 2019, the ex-wife decided to sue him after mutual friends told her at a dinner party that he had always been homosexual. In court, she said that she never would have married him if, he, if, uh, if she had known about his true sexuality and alleged he used her to hide his sexuality. She sued for an annulment and $10,000. His lawyer maintains he never misled his wife and said there is no reason why a bisexual person cannot have a happy marriage. The judge ruled against him and ordered him to pay $1,000 for each year they were married, a total of $3,000. Villata frustrated that judge didn't seem to take his sexuality seriously or consider how orientation can evolve evolve over time. And even more so about the legal precedent his case set, suggesting that many queer people are now afraid to come out of the closet having had heterosexual relationships. Wow. I mean, first of all, like they were friends and lovers and married since like 16, right? So forever. They get divorced, it's amicable. And then years later, years after the divorce, she goes to a dinner party and some catty friend says, well, he was always gay. And then she says, and then she decides to sue. Like that's the journey of this story. Like she's at a yep. dinner party. And some packing friend, probably another bitter bitchy homosexual said, you know, he's always gay invalidating his bisexuality. And then she said, well, maybe I can get some money off of this. Yeah, it didn't seem it seemed like to me that there's something missing to this story. Like the friendship went, went awry. She got went hit some financial skids. Yeah, there we go. But also, I say scratch deeper, scratch deeper. That's such a big taunt point that the lawyer made that he made, you know, invalidating bisexuality. Like the idea that bisexuals can't be uh meet all of the commitments of a marriage or a relationship because of their bisexuality. You know, the fact that he didn't explore it till after their marriage and then trying to rewind that backwards um, is so insulting to bisexual people and to anybody 
on a journey in life with their sexuality. Obviously, we hope that we are creating a culture worldwide where everyone can feel comfortable to do that much earlier in their life. But if not, the idea that then you can sue somebody and be like, give me money because you're a fraud is totally petrifying to people, you know, who come to those realizations later. Like me, like me. I mean, literally. Say, what if it'd be like if Kelly Alexander called you today and said, I'm gonna sue you now. Well, I, I don't think she would. I don't either, uh, she's delightful. But that's what it would be like. You know, it's crazy. We were we 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 did all right, uh, but yeah, you're right. It is it is it's a crazy it's a crazy. Kelly tunes in all the time. Hi, Kelly. I'm not sure she is today. I don't see her. I don't see her in the room. Um, well, she'll get it on the watch back that I gave her. We gave her a little shout out. Yeah, and as Sean said, and also the judge is bonkers that he gave crazy. a thousand euros per year. Shut up, so rude. All right. Have you seen this? Have y'all seen these monoliths that have been popping up everywhere? There's, I have up? not. I had to look them up. Oh, I, that's not the right one. Uh, I want to share this other one first. Uh, they've appeared uh, in several places. I think it's this one. This is what they look like. They look like those monoliths in uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. There was one in Romania, another in Utah. And recently they found one in Atascadero, California. People have theorized whether it's artists, an elaborate ad campaign, or aliens. At this point, let it be the aliens. At least, you know, yeah. have something happened this year. Now, the California one was found December the 2nd, and by the next day, is gone. It had been taken down. Well, it turns out that it was taken, of course, by a group of young Trump supporters who live streamed their 500 mile trip to tear it down in camo and night vision goggles. They declared they were acting on direct orders of QAnon and President Trump himself. They can be heard on the live stream saying they intend to tell the alien overlords they are not welcome. One said, we're going on a 500 mile round trip to steal a fucking monolith. That's how much we love Jesus Christ. I don't know how those two things go together, but we'll go I with love it, though. I love it whenever someone says fucking Jesus in the same uh, sentence. I just love it. Now, when they got to the monolith, they had to hike up to it. And here you can see in this video, I'm going to play, that they chant Christ is king. Christ is king on their way up to the monolith. This is more of the their right night stream live stream. It's Christ is king in this country. Christ is king in this country. Mm-hmm. We're gonna prove it. aliens from Mexico or outer space. Y'all, I can't. Did you hear what he said? Illegal aliens from Mexico or outer space. I mean, I guess being a, a bigot at all levels makes sense. Well, so they pushed it over, shouting, fuck aliens, all my homies hate aliens. And then they put a wooden cross in its place. And the guy filming said, fuck this gay ass monolith. Now, I'm not sure how we could know the sexual orientation or identity of the monolith. That seems very presumptuous, but they weren't able to complete the task. They had to leave it there when one thought they were being chased and they said, the Illuminati got us. So we'll strike again when they put another pillar up. Now, since that video went live, four guys have admitted that they are the ones uh, who put it up. They made it, here's three of them. They were inspired by 2001 Space Odyssey and the one that appeared in Utah. And they put this up and they went back and put it back up. And they said it's been very fun to watch their town get excited about something amid all of the 2020 mess. 
So they tried to do something just fun for their town and give people something fun to go up and gawk at. They said, because they kept going up to check on it. They said they loved hearing people finally able to like talk about something besides the pandemic or the election. And I was like, good for y'all. All right. <laughs> and, and finally, we got a cracker story. Uh, Ritz Crackers released a holiday ad declaring where there's love, there's family last month that features LGBTQ people and also a mother and daughter in a shelter and a senior citizen's home. The ad is a partnership with nonprofits, including the It Gets Better project and explores the idea of what family means, saying the holidays are about spending time with family are the one you make. Uh, and then came the bigots. <laughs> I love the way you worded that. And then came the bigots. It has 6,000 dislikes on YouTube and 100 hateful Facebook messages. One commentator said, this is disgusting. Why are you promoting homosexuality? That's nasty. For shame, Ritz. I'm throwing my crackers out. You've permanently lost a customer. The American Family Association claimed it intended to brainwash children and adults alike by uh, uh, desensitizing audiences. They launched a pressure campaign telling the company to stay away from the social agendas, encouraging supporters to send a pre-written complaint telling Ritz, the ad will influence my future purchases. The message continues, I'm extremely disappointed that Ritz is refusing to remain neutral in the cultural war. The uh, AFA said people who are already confused about their gender identity should not be encouraged to embark on a dangerous and unhealthy lifestyle. Ritz needs to hear from you. Supporting the transgender agenda uh, instead of remaining neutral in the culture war is just bad business. Y'all, I think I'm gonna go out this weekend and buy me some Ritz crackers. I'm going like, to mask up and buy some crackers. How sad is your life if you have time to get mad at a cracker? Really? I mean, it's and we're so not talking stupid. about white people. We're talking about actual crackers. I loved, I love, yes. <laughs> that was good. It, was, it, it flew over me and then it came right back. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Um, people have called me cracker before. I don't mind. I go, okay, sure. Uh, Crazy ass crackers. Danielle, let's have some crackers. Let's have some uh, Ritz crackers. Peanut butter and crackers sounds good to me. That's Ritz. Right. Everything's better on a Ritz. Also, I just love, and also a commercial, not just to our community, right? People dealing with homelessness. It's lovely. Uh, daughter, like it's lovely about all different unique situations in which you can be celebrating the holidays. And y'all, it's just a cracker. Get some squeezed cheese and put it on it. And <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Yes. That's that, that spray cheese. Absolutely. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, squeeze cheese on Ritz crackers. I mean, I know there's no cheese involved in the making of that substance. I don't care. Don't ruin my fantasy. The um, smoke flavor. Gouda flavor is good. Yes. Oh, fancy. The fancy kind. Um, who is it? Just but you know what, Emerson, you know, we're going to, we're going over, aren't we? Are we going over a little we're bit? Good for like a, we got a minute. Go. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, that it reminded me when it said 6,000 dislikes, because once these organizations get on it, it happened to a very sorted wedding on IMDb. We had like a 9.7 rating, something outrageous. And then all of a sudden, this bigot did not like our movie and told all his other bigot friends to go on IMDb 
and we dropped to 5.9 so fast it, 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 it because of it i reported them to imdb but it didn't matter we already had the yeah. bad ratings all right well jig's got his ticket to my show i hope that you will get yours as well thank you so much for tuning in today if you want to send a tip you sure can on venmo to at emerson collins or on paypal to beard collins shores productions at gmail.com uh, thank you as well to Jigs for sending in yours. We appreciate all of you. Everybody watch those gay movies this weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, stay safe out there, y'all. Love you. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We enjoy y'all very much. Appreciate y'all so much. Have a good weekend. 